this morning, I've got part two of what I was speaking on last week. And um, I spoke last week about developing healthy habits that um, produce godliness and Christ-likeness in our lives. And um, this morning, I want to I want to uh, talk about developing or implementing godly habits that are going to produce participation in the body of Christ and in in a in a community sense. Because we are passionate about the body of Christ. We are passionate about our church family. And so um, this morning, my prayer is is that the the, the habits that I give you will actually propel you forward um, to just implement how you relate within the, within the church body. Um, you know, we want you to function with all of your gifts. Uh, we want you to be a part of that, that family that we call the church. Okay? So, <clears throat> turn with me to Mark chapter 10. And I want to read verses 42 through to 45. Before I go any further, I just want to appreciate Tim for his leading this morning because I tell you what, there is, it is so good to get into the presence of God. And, um, and you know, that's, that's Tim's first time of leading worship here in this place. Um, and so he just, he just led us so well. I don't know about you, but I, it was, the, the presence of God was tangible in this place. And there is just something about corporate worship that is fantastic. And it just brings so much encourage, encouragement and, um, and brings life. So thanks, man. Awesome. Awesome. So Mark chapter 10. And, you know, in this, in this passage, Jesus actually describes um, his life as that of a willing and obedient servant. He talks about serving and being great in the kingdom. And so this morning, I, I guess my first, my first point or my first habit of just developing that participation role in the, in the body of Christ is serving and using your spiritual gifts. And, and it's not only the spiritual gifts, you have natural gifts as well that you can use in the body of Christ. And you know what? The body of Christ needs your gifts. We need your servant heart to, to make this thing flourish so that it, it grows from strength to strength and as, as Jesus said, from glory to glory. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
You know, one of the basic principles of, of Christian life is that if we call ourselves Christ ones, Christians, then what we're saying in that is that Jesus is our Lord and our Saviour and he is our Master. And so from that perspective, we should be following his example. His example as willing and obedient servants. And you know what? He's actually given us the Holy Spirit to help us to do that. And so, you know, don't for a minute neglect what, what God has, has given to us to empower us and to equip us so that we actually do that which he's commanded. We do it really well. So it's by the Holy Spirit that we are empowered to be able to place value on serving others. To, to not be so self-centered, but be others-centered. Of where we actually, we're not so self-centered about take, 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 take. It's all about me, it's all about number one. We can actually draw on the power of the Holy Spirit to value others and to place incredible um, emphasis on how other people are doing because we want to see them flourish. We want to see them come into a fullness of a relationship with a loving, caring Heavenly Father. And you know, as, I, as I say that, I'm not saying that it's wrong to receive. It's actually, it's actually great to receive. But God said it's better to give than to receive. And so, you know, the, the, the healthy habits that I'm talking about this morning, they're actually things that I have implemented into my own life and I've found them to be really valuable in my Christian walk. You may, you may have, have other things that you emphasize more than what I do, but I want to give you these healthy habits because I, I truly believe that they will establish you and equip you to do community life really well. I would love that this church would be known as those who consistently make a contribution. Not only into this body, but also into the wider community. Also into the, the wider body of Christ. That we actually partner with other, um, other fellowships to advance the kingdom of God because that's what we're passionate about. Having that element of contagious goodness to whosoever, wheresoever, that we might be. It's in those spheres of influence of where we um, operate, where we live, that we can actually contribute and be um, just a, a living, breathing example of Christ-likeness. So serving and using your spiritual gifts. We all have gifts. We're all good at something. I, I spoke at Set Free Care this year, this week, um, you know, talking about skill sets. Every person in this room has at least one skill that they can use and that you're good at. 
Why not contribute that to the body of Christ? Why not um, give that as a, as a blessing to others? Utilize it. And you'll actually see the benefit and the fruitfulness of that as you um, are obedient in that. Number two, fellowship. You know, fellowship isn't just what happens on Sunday morning. This is a corporate gathering of the body of Christ. But fellowship, true fellowship happens all through the week. It happens on a daily basis. It happens as we, as we sit and, and commune with one another, as we open the Word of God and, and, and share the truth, the revelation of what we are experiencing in our own personal life. And sharing that and, and even drawing out what other people are walking through and the victories that they're having so that we can partake of that as well. So that we can share in that, I, I guess in that sense of, of, of corporate growth of what is happening in the body of Christ. As disciples of Jesus, we realize and value the fact that we have not been called to be lone rangers nor tontos. But instead to inter interrelate and be interdependent upon each other in the body of Christ. It reminds me of a, uh, of a story um, that Dave and Rory Jensen shared with me in regards to a revival that took place in, the, in Arnhem Land in the Northern Territory. There was a, a, a revival that broke out amongst the Aboriginals and it just, it just began to sweep. It, it started up around Elko Island and it began to sweep down through Arnhem Land and right down into the centre of Australia in the, in the 80s. But it, didn't, it wasn't sustained. And so Rory Jensen, she asked, um, because they're, 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 they're just hungry to, to see what sparks revival and what, and what sparks you know, that, that spontaneity of, of people just hungry after more and more of Jesus. And so they actually went to Elko Island and they sat with, sat with the elders who were responsible um, for, for part of that move. And they asked them, why... Why did it stop? Why wasn't it sustained? And one of the elders walked over to the campfire and there was a number of logs burning on the campfire. And one by one, he got a stick and just popped the logs off. What do you think happened to the fire? It began to go out. They got so wrapped up in, in the power and the, and, the, and the manifestations of what was happening that they lost sight of the importance of fellowshipping together and, and encouraging one another. And the elder said, the problem was that we, we sent all of our big logs out 
and it caused the fire here to die. Important lesson. I think it's a, a, such a valuable lesson that we can learn of the emphasis that we need to have on, on true fellowship, on authentic fellowship. You know, authentic fellowship, it, it actually begs the question and, and engages with people and asks them authentically, how are you doing? It looks for the opportunity of where we can encourage one another and, and, and spur each other on into, into greater things of, uh, with our walk with the Lord. We need each other. Each one of us has been called to develop loving, nurturing relationships that create a platform for the Holy Spirit to manifest. See, it's a safe environment when, when there is unity. God commands a blessing. It's a place where the, the presence of the Holy Spirit can, can actually manifest and bring people out of unwholeness into, into wholeness of where healing, deliverance can flow. Gifts of hospitality that would provide protection and a sense of connectedness. Gifts of, of correction that enhance accountability and, and discipleship, discipline, personal discipline. The body of Christ, I believe, should be where we can learn to make deep and satisfying relationships. One of, one of the things that I believe that the world is so hungry for at this time, and, and in many ways it's, it's been lacking in the church. And that thing that the world is hungry for is authenticity in relationships. I want to know that I am loved. I want to know that I am valued. And people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when that is fostered in a, in a group of, of people, it creates a, 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 a safety, a, a safe place of where we can actually be transparent, of where we can even be vulnerable without the fear that, that someone's going to preach on it the next week, the, thing, the very thing that you have shared. And so it's out of that sense of, of true, authentic fellowship that we are rooted and grounded in love and where we personally grow in Christ's likeness. Ephesians three fourteen to 20 says this, it's for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory we may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts 
through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who was able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, that corporate body, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You know, we were singing this morning about lifting the name of Jesus, about adoring the, the, the Spirit of God. And it was, it was just, it just edified the whole place. So it is both a responsibility and a blessing to share all things in common with God's people. And so, therefore, the keen disciple of Jesus seeks to fellowship with other Christians. And we seek it on a regular basis. You know, we're in the process of getting um, life groups or, or connect groups, whatever we want to call them. I, th I think we call them COGS, community outreach groups. And we have two running at the moment and the, the feedback that we're receiving from those who are involved in those groups is really positive. There is a sense of connectedness. There, there's that sense of fellowship, authentic fellowship that is happening in those groups. We will be um, starting more and more as, as the year goes on. Number three. Evangelism. The consistent discipline of sharing our faith. It builds the body of Christ. It builds us as we share. It's foundational to the Christian life and is key to be prepared to express the hope that we have. To answer those who ask, why are you different? Or why is it that you are so positive? Or why is it that you just have this sense of life? Study the scripture. Meditate on it and, and think your answer of how you can respond that will draw people into that relationship with God. Sharing our faith reveals the heart of faithfulness, of wisdom and thankfulness for what Jesus has done for us. It's a great discipline to grow in maturity, to be sharing our Christian faith with various people. You know, Brad's going to do a, a, a series on the, the, the gospel, 
I'm so looking forward to this. Because I, I think it, it will bring clarity to what the real gospel is for so many of us. When's that going to happen? Three weeks? Three weeks' time? Three weeks' time. Bookmark it. Put it in your calendar. A maturing disciple of Jesus has a clear understanding of what the Christian faith is and what it is not. A lot of lines get blurred these days about what is really faith, of what we can stand on, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, and stand solid. Do you believe in healing? Do you believe in the manifestation of the gifts? These are lines that get blurred constantly in the body of Christ. And so it's important that we, as mature disciples of Christ, we've got that clear understanding of what is for today. Of where we long to grow and experience the gospel's life-transforming power. And we're constantly looking for opportunities, new opportunities on how we're going to share it. To, to, to get that entrance into other people's lives to see their life get transformed just like ours did. And when you live in the, in the fullness of, wow, I have been set free, when you know what you've been set free from and what you've been set free to, it's worth talking about. And yet, sadly, so many of us, we just, we just freeze when it comes to sharing our faith. It's an important aspect of community growth, of growing in this community of believers that we are constantly and ready to share why we have the hope that we do. Discipline yourselves to search the scriptures, to give revelatory answers to whoever might ask. Be constantly thinking through what it means to be a follower of Christ and how that translates its relationship to both the believer and the unbeliever. You know, in many ways, we, we still need to be um, evangelizing new Christians so that they're growing, so that we're discipling them into a depth of relationship, of personal relationship that they have with God. And the last one, generosity in giving. I really do believe that this is one of the key activities that the Christian life demonstrates and reveals as a true heart of a believer. Our willingness to freely give of our time, of our money and our resources, to see another person get help, 
to see someone else be encouraged. So that they can actually be sustained and refreshed because of your generosity or someone else's generosity. Very few disciplines, I believe, more clearly demonstrate a person's handle or command of the Word of God. And it definitely reveals the degree of their submission to His Lordship. You know, we quite often hear that, yes, I'm submitted to to Jesus. He's got my heart. He's got my head. But what about your wallet? Oh, that's that's mine. Giving of ourselves our money is a foundational attitude. And it's a it's a basic practice in the Christian life. Why do we why should we be generous? Why should we give? Well, I'll tell you why. It flows from a heart of thankfulness. How grateful are you for what you have received? You know, this morning when, I don't know whether it was Ben or Tim said, you know, just sing from your heart. Tell, tell God what you're thankful for. Express your worship to Him. You know, one of the first things that immediately come to mind is, I am so thankful that you redeemed me from the curse of sin and death. That you have redeemed me and placed my life in your hands. That I am seated in heavenly places with my heavenly Father. Thankfulness for God's grace and His mercy. Let's talk about tithing. Oh, Mal. You'll open a can of worms here. Tithing means tenth. And if we just would focus on that tithing meant tenth and not whether it was law or whatever else, we'd do ourselves a huge favour to come into freedom, to come into a, a, a new level of generosity and giving. And let's be honest, obedience. Even the obedience of tithing has its foundation in thankfulness. Abram was before the law. Abram demonstrated the value of of the tenth by bringing a tenth of all spoil 
to Melchizedek. Tithing is not a principle of the law. It's a principle of thankfulness and obedience. It's a principle so that there is abundance in the storehouse. It's a principle of obedience so that we are actually blessed. That we walk in a sense of blessing. Read Malachi and see what God says about tithing. Will I not open the windows of heaven over you? I don't know about you, but I want that. I want the abundance of the blessing of heaven to be flowing right through me so that I can be blessed to be a blessing. And it's not only to the body of Christ. It's, a, it's about ble- being a blessing to the world as well. You look at the life of Joseph. Egypt was blessed immensely because of Joseph. Our giving needs to be inclusive of the tenth and beyond the tenth. That we would really reflect that heart of thankfulness. The gratitude of what Jesus has done for us. We are redeemed. We've been bought back at a price. We have been set free. Second Corinthians nine, six to fourteen. The point is this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. There's been so many sermons, offering speeches, revolving around that one phrase. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work as it is written. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Have you ever given to someone and, and, and just shared that, you know, I, I just feel that God wanted me to give you this? There's thankfulness given to God for your obedience, for, for your generosity. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, 
but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. I think that's pretty fantastic. And I, 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 I truly believe that as we, as a body of believers, hold things in common, that we identify the needs of others and give to that need and even look after the, the, those who are of the same household of faith. We'll grow. We'll grow in maturity because of that sense of generosity and giving. In closing, let me recap last week and this week. Our growth in God increases as we desire greater connection with Him. The healthy habits that produce that growth in our relationship to God are a hunger for the Word, reading the Bible, a hunger to communicate, Pray. Be diligent about your prayer life. It's, it's where we, we bring our expressions, of where we listen and hear, of where we communicate with God. A hunger to exalt His Lordship in our life. Worship. and a hunger to experience His presence. I spoke last week about quiet time. You know, my quiet time generally exists of reading the Word, prayer, and worship. But we need that quiet time to actually sit in the presence of God so that we can grow, so that He can get things revealed to us. We build strong Christian community by developing habits of participation in the body of Christ. We serve and use our gifts because it grows a sense of belonging. We fellowship because we need other believers. We need that accountability. We need that encouragement. We evangelize because we want to grow the family of God. We are generous givers because we steward well what God has given us.
you know, these, these healthy habits, they're, they're things that are important to me. My prayer is, is that you develop similar things in your life so that you're growing and you're developing on a, on a constant basis. You're growing in, in depth of revelation, in, in maturity of, of being able to relate with others. In closing, I want to declare over us. Titus 2, 11 to 14 is just an incredible benediction, an incredible declaration that we would actually just continue to grow in all godliness. Would you stand? I often find that, you know, just as a as a a help to me to be able to surrender, it just helps if I if I do something that is just out of my comfort zone or, or intentionally to create a, that that place of of landing strip for the Holy Spirit to land on him and bring it home for me. So this morning you might want to place your hand on your head, on your heart, or or just as a as a an act of surrender, just to place your hands out in adoration of who God truly is. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Lord, train us, I pray, to renounce all ungodliness and lustful passions. God, train us to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. As we await our blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for Himself a people for His own possession who are zealous for good works. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. If you, if you would want some prayer, um, you know, we encourage body ministry here. If you feel comfortable, reach out to the person beside you and ask them to pray for you. If you feel that you want to um, come forward and receive prayer, we would love to pray for you in that manner as well. The billy's on. Stand around and, uh, or hang around and grab some fellowship and, um, encourage one another.